0: Hello everyone, I'm Rachel zabonik Chanko and welcome to the Club Solutions Magazine Podcast. The following conversation features Greg Maurer, the Vice President of Fitness and Education at Workout Anytime on the topic of leadership. We discuss Greg's recent talk on leadership at the Workout Anytime Conference, the power of in-person events, lessons from Greg's time in the Marine Corps, and much more. It's a great talk for those interested in learning about leadership in the current times, enjoy. This edition is sponsored by Club Solutions Mastermind Groups. The Club Solutions Mastermind Groups offer peer-to-peer support that's affordable, convenient, and for all levels of health club management.
1: Hey, Rachel, how are you? I'm well. How are you, Greg? I'm doing well, thanks. Awesome.
0: I saw you just got back from the Workout Anytime conference. It looked great.
1: Yeah, it was absolutely uh, you know, one of the pinnacle moments in uh, my career, anyway. You know how those things are. You guys do a lot of events and they uh, a lot of people have to work really hard and then you have to have a little luck to have everything, you know, come off, you know, perfectly. And it did. It was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. I saw they designed you uh, in sort of a a James Bond
1: theme. The whole that was, you know, our creative team came up with that as a theme license to win for the conference. And, uh, you know, sometimes those things feel really hokey and they don't really resonate now nah, it would just the you know, speakers everything just really really came together and we had a casino night on friday and i didn't know how that worked you know you, they give you funny money and yeah. you play and then there's prizes people were just having so much fun it was great to see it's yeah. great to see
0: Awesome. Well, um, I'm going to talk to you about the conference a little bit more because you gave a talk on leadership. Um, so I'm sure. really excited to, you know, get into that. Um, but, you know, for our audience members who may not know you or be familiar with your career, could you just give us a little bit of background on how long you've been in the industry and then how you uh, got started with Workout Anytime?
1: Sure. Um, well, I've been in the industry a while. I'm 62. It's been, you know, 40-ish years, something like that. Got in right after I was out of the Marine Corps, a young man, and really have done every job on the club side. I know people say that, but it, it it's true for me, you yeah. know, everything from the bottom front desk all the way up to fitness director, trainer for many, many years, and, and then worked on that the other side of the aisle, had a patented product, brought it to market for the commercial fitness industry, which really uh, taught me a lot about um, education and really m- helped me to understand just how critical it is to educate um, people on, again, both sides of the aisle, whether you're a supplier or on the club side. So many, many years later now, uh, I was in a consulting role on a product launch uh, as director of education for React Fitness. And the folks that owned that technology, um, they also are the same folks that uh, are the the founders of Workout Anytime. And so, you know, over time we, we grew pretty close and they said, hey, you know, we're getting, large enough. Now we really need someone to be in charge of fitness um, and then later education. And uh, here I am.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Steve and John, the founders of Workout Anytime are really great guys, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they are. They're, they're, they're really fantastic people. They're, they're very, uh, they're very personal, you know, and the business is very personal to them. And, uh, that that's powerful, man. When, when you get everybody to believe and work together, I mean, our whole industry is a, is a wonderful industry. Um, but I've been blessed to be part of that team and and they're, and they're a big part of it. I got to give them all the credit they're due.
0: Yeah. How many locations do you guys have now?
1: Oh, gosh, you know, we're growing super fast. I think we're 180, 185, but we have 39 sold already. We just sold our biggest deal ever, like two weeks ago, 23 they were at the conference. So we are just exploding, and uh, I'm really fortunate to be along for the ride.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, and I'm really happy to hear that. So, yeah. Well, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the Workout Anytime Conference. Um, In particular, you know, you gave a talk on leadership. And what were some of the overarching themes on what you shared?
1: Well, I had the opportunity to work for some just outstanding leaders in my experience in the Marine Corps in an elite unit. And I think at the, the foundation of leadership is trust. So the single most important thing to understand is if you want to be a leader, you have to build trust. And, you know, what does that take? Well, we call them the three C's. It takes character takes competency and consistency and character is really simple. It's integrity and integrity, is super simple. Do you do what you say, right? You got to do that. And there is no other way. There's no trick. You have to do it. And then competency is, are you good at your job? Because why the heck should I follow you if you don't know what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And last but not least is consistency. Really? Can I depend on you? Do I know what to expect from you? as a leader and then related to all that is uh, being authentic. You know, there is no one leadership style. Anybody can be a leader. You have to be yourself. It's scary, right? Because uh, you're taking risk. You put yourself out there first. You are going to make mistakes. Great leaders make mistakes, own up to them and move on. And the team appreciates that transparency and know you're gonna be judged as a leader. You yeah. absolutely will be judged. And, and if you're not up for that, then you're not going to be a great leader. And, and you've got to view leadership as, a, as an opportunity to serve other people. I think that's whether it's our industry, the entire world, the country, when we have a truly great leaders really wake up and say, I'm here for you know the other people in the organization. So again, the foundation of everything is trust. And if we can't get that right, wow. Forget the rest of it, right? There's no tricks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, you know, leading by example in order to build trust. Um, Any other things leaders should do if they really want to build trust among their teams?
1: Sure. So big thing is leaders um, need to hold themselves accountable for everything that happens in their team. And that means everything. And that does not mean it's your fault. So two different words. You're accountable. It's your fault. Let's not worry about whose fault it is because that's a useless time waste, right? Pointing fingers. Great leaders don't point fingers. They see a problem and there's gonna be lots of problems and to a large extent, we all get paid to fix problems, right, so no problems, no job. So, okay, there's there's an issue, let's identify what it is and let's get in the solution box very quickly and let's not point fingers and let's hold ourselves accountable for getting to the root of the problem and getting it fixed, right? So if it's someone on your team makes a mistake, it's not your fault, you are accountable. Yeah. And and, and then connected to that is don't take credit for the performance of team members or the team. Just don't do it. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know it comes down to basic stuff like public praise, private reprimand. That is an absolute axiom. You can never break it. You need to spend your time as a leader really paying attention to your team and when someone does something well while wow, you need to clap it is positive feedback is the key it's not about hammering people and i was in very high performing organizations in the marine corps and it just wasn't about that on the other hand you're going to have to have difficult discussions with people and they need to be done with respect and they need to be done alone yeah and you can't break that rule some other key tips we talked about is uh You've got to inspect what you expect, right? And that, and then that's not about being a micromanager, Rachel. What that's about is, is having respect for your team. If I ask you to do something, or particularly, I ask you to do a lot of things, right? I never follow up on your work. I never look at your work. That's rude, yeah. right? Like I, I owe you that, and and I owe you that because what it, when you're doing something well, I need to go, Rachel. Great job. Right. And when you're having a tough time, I need to be there um, to coach you. And I hear people saying, you know, my team, it's hard to find good people, blah, 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 blah. That, that's all garbage. It's just yeah. garbage. Great leaders don't do it. I can't find a team. What's your culture like? Mm-hmm. Why, why don't people want to work for you? Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Don't point fingers. And that's, that's what great leaders do. And, and it, you know, it's a lot of responsibility. So, you know, you can put the wrong people in the chair, the wrong people kind of are maybe too eager to be a leader, Rachel, if that makes sense, because really great leaders, they take it seriously. Like, it's like, wow, if I'm gonna lead this group of people, I'm now responsible for that. It's like being a parent, right? And if you think that way, you're the right person to put in the chair. And if it's all about your ego and what you what you do, and, and you know, all, those things are very, very important. And then other little tips that I gave people are, as a leader, inspect what you expect means, means things like the following. It means that when you have a meeting, and meetings are important, right? And they never should be long, and they should be very focused, and people should know what they're about, right? We, when we have a meeting before the end of the meeting, It needs to be a habit. Always identify an action plan. What your team wants is, yes, we want to analyze, but people want action. Great. We got a problem. What are we doing? And sometimes doing something is better, even if it's a mistake, than doing nothing. Because the energy of your team keeps projecting and moving forward, which is really, really important. So every meeting needs to be, okay, what's the action plan? Who's going to get it done? What resources do you need to get it done? And let's agree on a date, right? And if you're not doing that, then you are not leading. And when it, you know, I know my I report to the CEO. If he doesn't give me a due date when we talk about a task, I make him do it mm-hmm. because I have a list of priorities, right? And so hit. His job is to help me prioritize my schedule and my job, right? And he's allowed to do that. He's allowed to say, "Hey, Greg, we're going to put that on hold. We're going to move that one to the top, and that's all good." So, if you're a leader, you need to you need to do that for the people you know around you. You need to help them prioritize their task list and their schedule, and that's you know that's that's just a big part of being leader. So, those are some of the the tips that we, we talked about um, in terms of, of, of great leadership. And we have a leadership academy um, in our organization because we recognize that it's so incredibly important. I mean, there's a quote by John Maxwell, the single biggest way to impact an organization is to focus on leadership development. There's almost no limit to the potential of an organization that recruits good people, raises them up and continually develops them. That's it. That is the key to the kingdom because all the other stuff we talk about, it's all based on leadership. So in my opinion, if, if if we really can do that, you know, people will, when people want to follow you, they'll run through walls and leadership has nothing to do with rank or title that 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 gives you authority. And if you have to lean on authority, you're a weak leader.
0: Yeah, you know you're a weak
1: leader, and I know you know that you you have a great you have great leadership in your organization. And we had great leaders, at, you know, at the conference. Guys like Blair McKinney spoken. You know, you, you, there's just so much respect for that guy. You know, how can you not? He's just amazing, and so he doesn't need to pound someone to follow him, right? You you listen to him, and you're like, gosh, I will. I, you know, I want I want to follow. I want to follow this guy. I want to learn from this guy, and I and I think that's the I think that's the role that we have to take within our organizations to get truly great performance.
0: Thanks again to our sponsor, Club Solutions Mastermind Groups. The Club Solutions Mastermind Groups offer peer-to-peer support that's affordable, convenient, and for all levels of health club management. Go to ClubSolutionsMGX.com for more information. Yeah, certainly. Well, I want to circle back on a couple of things you said and um, hone in on them a little bit more. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, some companies are like, I can't find good people. I think I feel like right now that's extremely relevant. You know, there's the great resignation. Um, there's a, a, a hiring issue uh, for a lot of companies. So you feel like it you know, it comes down to culture and leadership and why that might be a struggle?
1: Oh, I don't. I, I know it's that. <laughs> I mean, you know, here's the thing, Rachel, you've heard this, your generation, my generation, right? Older generations always say what about the younger generations? You know, back when I was walking through 10 feet of snow to get to school, blah, 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 right? That's all garbage. That's all garbage. Anyone that does not have faith in millennials and Gen X and Gen Z, whatever gen you want to talk about, that's baloney that is making up excuses excuses are like rear ends they all stink don't do it that's (laughs) not true that's just not true as soon as you make that statement you make it true i you know in our organization we're a franchise which means we have lots of different owner franchise groups there are groups that seemingly are most our highest performing groups it's so funny right no problem finding people is that an accident No, it is no accident. The team is high performing. People walk in, you have a reputation. They talk to you. They're like, wow, I want to be on this team. And so, you know, if you if you don't live mission and vision and values, if you don't live those things, you know, it's not going to happen. And of course, Blair's world. If if you're not creating a great member experience, we we gave out one of Blair's Five Nine Awards to, to one of our locations. By the way, it is the Amazing. highest, rev- our highest revenue location in the entire network. It's not the biggest. It's not the newest. Is that an accident? No. Of course, it's not an accident, mm-hmm. right? You know, so these things are all related. And it, it, you, you've got to, you know, you've got you've to take accountability yourself again. And if you do that, the culture you create will attract people. I'm not saying that there's not times that, that it's more difficult. And you're going to have people move on. And, and if you really have a, a steward leadership thing where you you really believe in your you know mission and, and, and vision, you know, our, our mission I, I, that mission applies to everyone I meet. It's not just the member. In fact, if you ask me, my staff is more important than the member because there will be no members without quality staff technology we just went all in with ABC super excited we announced that they're great partners but you know what who runs the technology people do so if you can't get the people part of the equation right no technology um, is going going to fix it at least not in our business
0: yeah certainly well, another thing is I didn't actually know that you were in the Marine Corps. So um, what other things did you learn during that time that you've taken over into your leadership roles currently?
1: Yeah, the as I said to you, I, I had the privilege of serving under some some just outstanding um, leaders. And so I got to see what does you know, great leadership feel like and look like as in everyday thing and it really comes back again to those central principles of servant leadership holding yourself accountable uh having a relentless desire to improve and understanding that and this is maybe the most important thing human beings learn by making mistakes and i know we all say that but it has hit me in the last 10 years of my career that's really it, Rachel. That's how we <laughs> learn. We make a mistake. We course correct, right? It's the only way we learn. So unless you're one of that, you know, quarter of a percent, just drop dead geniuses, you see something once and they're perfect. That, that is not me. I think I'm it's a good teacher. Either. You know, I'm a really good teacher. You know why I'm a good teacher? You know, that statement, those who can do those who can't teach. I take no offense to that because mm-hmm. I'm a great teacher because I have a hard time learning personally, which means I have to keep swinging. And people say, well, wow, you're really good at that. My presentation at the conference, I did that 50 times, literally souped to up 50 times. I'm not exaggerating one bit. And yeah, I look pretty good up there. I worked on it, yes, right? Yes, I 100% I, yeah, yeah, yeah. relate to I that. I worked on it. And, and so you need to create a culture. Here's what you learn in the Marine Corps. You need to create a culture where you reward effort. And, and, and I'll, I'll give you an example. We have people in my platoon who are gifted. At certain things, and you—we've all experienced those people. They're just gifted, okay? mm-hmm. and that's great, and that's neat. That does not create a culture. If your culture is, well, I'm going to rely on finding gifted people. There's like one in ten thousand, right? So, wow, well, you're going to have a very small organization. You're not going to get anywhere when you when you base everything on hard work. When that's your metric, and that's what you—that's what you acknowledge. You know, you know the old saying, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So in the Marine Corps, you had athletes that were really good who quit because the drill instructors, part of the training is I'm going to get you very uncomfortable. I want to see what you got when the chips are down because the chips are going to be down. There's going to be bad days. Show me what you got. And it was a message I will never forget because everyone's not talented. But but here's the thing. If you have a culture that says, hey, Rachel, it is okay to make honest mistakes. And you will not be punished, ridiculed, or judged for doing that. In fact, we're going to make it fun. You can make mistakes. And you're going to keep swinging. I teach all the time. So you'll bring people up. You'll you'll put a concept up on a PowerPoint and say, here it is. And you'll demonstrate it. And everyone in the room, Rachel, will go like this. I got it. Like every single person. And then you'll go, okay, Rachel, come on up. Everybody's a train wreck. Everybody, right? Mm-hmm. What does that tell you? You, you, it, you need to do that show and tell stuff. That doesn't do it. It's reps. What, what I learned in the military, how do you get greatness? You repeat. Yep. You repeat. And it's like, wow, I don't want to do it again. You're not, you know, and the clubs we have that are great, there's a guy named Chris Grove, one of our owners, and he just crushes it. But if you go into his clubs, what you see is this culture of constant practice, meaning he'll he'll walk up to a staff member and go, hey, real quick, do a referral presentation and go. Now, the first time you do that, people are like, oh, my God, I can't do it. He accepts whatever you put out there. It's hey, okay, now let's go over what you just did. How can we make it better? We don't need to cry. Nobody's angry so you know, you just have to try just try just try and 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 people because people are afraid and and if you don't admit this we're all afraid it's scary it's scary to get up in front of a group it's i'm going to make a mistake i'm going to be ridiculed people are going to judge me the the young generation today if you do what i just said they will run through walls for you they will run through walls for you and the great leaders in our industry have repeatedly demonstrate that guys like Mark Mastroff, who the entire industry bows down to talk to the people, any of the people that worked with him and, you know, his whole story at 24 hour fitness, he sells it. He made a lot of people rich in that process, his key team members. He calls them whenever the non competes up, I think to a person, they all went back to that is no accident. That Mm -hmm. is no accident, man. They, you know, they love the guy. They they love the guy and he he empowered them. And that's another important thing. In the Marine Corps, what I learned is everyone needs to be a leader. And, and, and that's very easy to understand in a combat setting because people die. What are you going to do mm-hmm. every time someone gets shot? Oh, that's it. You know why Russia is losing in Ukraine? And this is exactly why. And this is the issue, Rachel, because they do not espouse true leadership. They are top centric leaders, right?
0: Yeah. They don't
1: encourage leadership at the lowest level. You need to encourage leadership at the lowest level where the rubber meets the road, where you know, if you don't have creative managers at the club level, we know this, you live and die at the club level. If you have lousy leadership there, it doesn't matter what's happening in headquarters. Come on, we're not out there in the trenches supporting and actually interfacing with, with clients you know, that, that's where leadership needs to be generated. That's why the Marine Corps has always been a great leadership organization because they leadership is not a top down. It's, it, it's as much bottom up as it is top down. So you're taught to step up and act like a leader. And, and, and if you have that within your organization and you can truly live and breathe that, you're gonna be extraordinarily successful, I guarantee you.
0: Yeah. I um, mean, that's why it's important to have systems and processes, too, so that you can actually empower people because you can't just have one person at the top who knows everything, has all this legacy knowledge and expect that to just trickle
1: down. No, you're absolutely right. Rich. I mean, you just can't. And systems and processes are super important. Um, and you got to get people, to, especially when you want to scale. Right. You know, yeah. at my level, it's all about scale. Right. We want to go from one hundred eighty to three hundred. Right. What is that? It's lots of scale. And, and that's why education um, is so important, right? Because literally, how do we keep everyone on the same page? And, and, and we do that through education. And so my job is to work with the experts on having our team and continually push them and say, we need to be consistent in our messaging systems and processes. And that starts with us. So you can't change something and not tell everyone. And by the way, what makes that challenging is that we're constantly changing, right? Look at the industry. Look at the what we've been through in the last two years. We've been through the same thing. It's just like the technology alone has just gone like it's just wow. It's constant change. And that, that creates a very challenging environment because you gotta get, you know, you, you gotta get that down, that knowledge and that 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 uh, that level of skill down to the lowest common denominator. And, and it's certainly very challenging. And that's that's a big part of of my job is to try to hold the line on standardization in the midst of change.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a that, that's a big deal. It's a, it's a big deal. It's not easy, but you're right, you have to have those things and and you have to make sure people know where to find things. And, and I know that for us, communication is just so incredibly important and people are moving right the, the people at the club level we're, we're understaffed everybody is right we, we don't have exactly the number of staff we'd like so everybody's working harder they're very very busy and every little thing that we add to the process every little thing is just it gets dropped right so it's really really important and that's why conferences you know we were so committed to doing it again because People have to wanna to do it, right? They have, they have to wanna to do it and, and they've gotta be really fired up. And they, you know, that's what's so gratifying to see, hey man, these people are really, really fired up and they're ready to go back there because it's messy in the yeah. trenches, right? You're crawling through the mud every day, but you're absolutely right. If you have, once those systems and processes are there and once you've drilled them, what happens is it's, it, it looks easy. Right? when you go into one of our clubs that's really well managed really well educated high level of training consistent practice you just walk around and you go well this doesn't look that hard it's yeah. not that hard but 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 getting to that point is 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 really really challenging
0: yeah yeah in-person events are really energizing aren't they
1: <laughs> yeah well it's I mean look at you guys look at club solutions I mean that's why I go to events that you guys have I go to sideback I go to these things because I, you know, you learn. And to me, if you, what motivates, we we hire a lot of young people and what motivates them, motivates me, kind of keeps me from being too old, if you will, is learning, you know, if I can grow, if I can continue to grow, you know that's that's and there's so much opportunity for growth. So so creating that growth culture. You know you're going to have team members move along, right? And we we've had a couple. And to me, you know, how do I rate myself as a leader? This is how I rate myself as a leader. If you were to call everyone that worked for me, an honest engine, no Greg on the phone said, tell me about Greg. What did he do for you? You know what what was he like as a leader? And and if those people said, man, you know. He's a rock star and he really helped me and I'm a better person and I have a better career. I'll be, I'll be very, very happy about that. And you know, that that's going to happen. You're going to have people move on because they've just, they've outlived, you know, they've outlived their position. And I, and I don't think that's a reason to be sad. I think that's a reason to applaud that person and create that kind of a culture. And, and if we can't, if we can't direct our mission, you know, to provide a, friendly, convenient, life-changing journey with passion. If I can't do that for the people I work with and who work for me, oh man, that's what, what is that mission statement all about that? So I think sometimes we get member-focused and certainly I don't think we don't need to be member-focused, we do. But if you're not focused on your staff first, I I don't think that, that those are the groups, Rachel, those are the groups that are having problems right now. I, I look at some of our competitors, the crunch group and say, Florida and Georgia. And I'm, I follow them. I can tell you, I know they're not having problems because I see those guys. They're very good. Yeah. Very, very good. And uh, that's a good thing for us, right? Competitors, Mm -hmm. competitors make you better. I have a lot of respect and admiration for that group and many other groups in our industry. You know, I think competition can bring us all up.
0: Yeah. I love that. Um, well, before I move on to a couple rapid fire questions, um, is there anything else that you want to share about the conference or your talk on leadership that you feel significant?
1: No, I mean, I think that, you know, the biggest thing about the conference is that it, it that I have not mentioned is how how what we're talking about and the spirit and the esprit de corps extended through our, our vendor partners. And I'll give you one quick example. So, power systems. Um, there's a bunch of new products that you know. I go every year. We look, and we're going to bring this functional tools, Y Bell, some really cool stuff. Anyway, um, good friends with Fergus, who, who, who and hers in charge of power systems. I said, hey, Fergus, listen. I'll do some workouts, but I need you to bring a bunch of gear. And, and I understand that that's expensive, right? You load up a truck and you bring all this stuff. And I said, look, we'll try to help you sell some of that at discount. And so we were doing giveaways for a, uh, for that gambling night, the casino night, right? Yeah. And so we had a couple of things that he'd given. He'd been very generous. People pay to come. I'm conscious of the fact that it's an expensive event to attend, like all of us for a, like, like your event, right? It's not free. Mm-hmm. right so <laughs> he says I, so we're, we're doing this giveaway stuff and he's there and he said you know what Greg? I said well let me help you get we'll sell this equipment he goes no we're going to give all of it away and I said no I said what, what are you talking he said we're going to give it all away and wow. they did and it's just you know to to see a vendor partner to get that excited about the energy, I think that's really telling about the strength of our organization because it's one thing when you're part of it, but I had, I had Dan Durant from ISSA, and, he, and this guy's been, he's all over the world at these things, right? All over the world. He said, I'm not kidding you. This is the most powerful event of this type that I have ever attended. So that gives you some context for how people were feeling um, about that
0: event yeah amazing feedback
1: yeah yeah
0: and it really does just hit home the importance of you know your partnerships and and choosing carefully who you decide to work with especially during a time like the pandemic i think a lot of clubs realized who was really you know um, had their back
1: so absolutely
0: yeah all right awesome i'm going to end with just a couple questions um first are there any book recommendations you can share with the audience what are your favorite leadership books
1: (laughs) The, the best one that the best, there's two that come to my mind. right The one minute manager is a must read. It's super easy to digest. Um, you know, has a very central, simple message that, that that is profound and it's quick. So it's great. Another one, the second one that comes to mind is drive by Daniel pink. Yeah. Um, and it's, those are just, to me, seminal must-read books. You know, the one is on how to be a manager, which is related to leadership, and the other is how to what 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 motivates and drives human beings, and it's it's not money. Yeah. It's absolutely not money.
0: Yeah. Okay. Those are great. Um, and then, last but not least, what's a fun fact about yourself? What would people be surprised to know?
1: People surprised to know about me? <laughs> hmm. um, gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, the Marine Corps thing was one, um, that I, get, I, I don't know that everyone knows that, um, that I was, uh, uh, I, I was involved with Hokeston Athletic Club, which is in, in my mind, one of the, one of the premier clubs in the country. And, and that I had the opportunity to work with Bob Carpenter and Roger Ralph Rogers, one of the greatest people that ever walked in our industry, in my opinion. And he was a, um, a real mentor and a friend to me um so i don't know if a lot of people know that and that club's kind of a one of a kind kind of a special club so that's a yes. fun fact i guess
0: yeah it's amazing it's an amazing facility sure yeah is. awesome well greg this has been great i appreciate all your insights um is there anything else you want to share
1: no i just i i, I hope for everyone in our industry you know who we we've had a, we've had a tough shot i think it, it, it's really important though to understand something tough times do make you better. Yeah. They do make you better. And I think it's made us better. And I think we need to all just have a positive spin in our mind and understand that this is an opportunity for our industry to get better and move, move the needle.
0: Yeah, certainly. Great note to end on. Awesome. Thank you so much, Greg.
1: Thank you. You have a great day. I hope to see you soon, Rachel.
0: Same. And that wraps up this episode of the club solutions magazine podcast. Thank you for listening. And if there are future topics you'd like me to cover in upcoming episodes, please let me know at rachelclubsolutionsmagazine.com. At